0: Toasties, I'm Missy here with my bestie Janzi. What up, y'all? I love how you always do that, <laughs> y'all. Not always. Yes, always. I love it. <laughs> Keep it up. Again, I'm raspy, guys. Um, it's gonna be like this for a while. It's allergy season. This is just this is just my voice. Uh, which is funny because I was told that you know it's a sexy voice. Welcome to our toasted shenanigans, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what you got over there?
0: <laughs> Red velvet.
1: Alrighty then.
0: What do you got?
1: <laughs> Red velvet. <laughs>
0: it's, it's not bad. It's really grown on me. It's grown on me.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit uh, sour. I was expecting to be a little bit sweeter.
0: I kind of like the sourness of it though,
1: which is a surprising because usually you're only like sweet drinks.
0: I am a sweet drinker because I'm a sweet person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't no laugh like that. <laughs> Depends upon to de whom. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it, there is a sweetness to it, I think, but there is a bit of a sourness, like a tartness. Yes. More I'm, of a tart than a sour.
1: I'm not a huge fan of ciders. There are a few I will drink. Original Sen is oh. one, and they're usually a little bit more on the tart side. So, I do
0: love that one. Yeah,
1: I would. I would buy this again.
0: Yes, I, w- I would actually buy this again, too. Um, I just realized this is a pint. <laughs> I feel I feel some type of way knowing I'm drinking a pint. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What do you got going on in life? Uh, in
1: life? or where w- In general. I ain't got much going on in life, but tonight we're talking about Catherine Knight. She had a lot going on in her life. She does have a
0: lot going on in her life. Um, I did want to make a a bit of a shout out to our overseas listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, seeing as I feel like it's fitting to definitely make this big shout out to them right now because of the story we're talking about today. That's our
1: first case that's outside the States.
0: Yeah. So I just want to say thank you guys of those outside of the States listening in. And if you guys could get on our Instagram or Facebook or TikTok and let us know. Yeah. Say hi. Let us know exactly where you're at. Because Especially
1: that Belgium person. <sighs>
0: you are, we, l- we love, love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because that's so cool. I it mean, it, that was so cool to see. Yeah. Um, so let us know where you guys are at. Say hey. We want to say hey to you, too. Um, thank you, guys. And thank you to all of our listeners. Really, Absolutely. Keep really, spreading the word. Yes, keep talking us up. It's fun. This is fun. And we really appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Catherine Knight, out of the States person.
1: Yeah. Uh, she was born in Tennerfield, Australia. Australia. I probably just murdered that. Tennerfield. I believe, pretty sure it's Tenderfield.
0: Let I me mean, what? Right there. Pop. If we happen to eventually get an Australian listener, please correct us on the pronunciation of that. I would love to know how you guys actually say that. But I would say you you are correct yeah um but she was actually a twin oh that's fun yeah and she was born
1: october 24th 1955 so another scorpio in the books
0: yeah
1: I know scorpio and virgo go like hand in hand who who had more serial killers in that zodiac sign
0: um they are they are pretty equal but they're not the top Mm -hmm. with the most amount of uh, serial killers i think isn't it gemini or something Sagittarius, actually, I believe. Really? Yes. I'm going to double check that, guys. I'm going to double check that, that. Yeah, we'll come back with that one. Check her Instagram on that one. Or and our Facebook and all that fun stuff. Because I'm going to I'm gonna look into I remember reading something about that. And it actually, surprisingly, I thought Gemini was going to be that top one. But I don't believe that is correct. I remember reading it recently.
1: I can't remember. It changes too quite frequently, unfortunately. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Catherine Knight was a twin and born on October 24th, 1955 in Tenderfield, Australia. They came from family basically said to be kind of, like, rotten to the core. So, Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, drunks fighting mischief, oddballs causing trouble, all kinds of shit. But, basically... Catherine's mother, Barbara,
0: had met Catherine's father, Ken. Barbara and Ken? Yeah, Barbie and Ken.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice that till you said that. <laughs> yeah, Barbie and Ken. Um, but Barbara actually met Ken through her, at the time, husband. And Ken and her just kind of <laughs> hit it off and began having this, like, hot, steamy affair. <laughs> Why are you laughing so hard for (laughs) her? Carry on. But anyways, due to the backlash, they moved away and kind of tried to start a new life because things were not going well for them where they stayed. If I remember correctly, they moved to Aberdeen, Australia. Okay. And,
0: oops, She's skipping. Sorry, guys. She's skipping. She's trying to jump to the end. Yeah.
1: Um, but they ended up having children together, but Barbara previously had four sons with her last marriage. Okay. Two of those boys resided with her ex-husband until he died, and the other two went to live with an aunt in Sydney, Australia.
0: So she was, like, kid-free, living a new life.
1: Basically, yes. Fun. Um, what it essentially came down to was kids were angry, didn't want to be with mom. She's mom wasn't cheating. a good example, Example, so that kind of stuff. But once dad died, the two that were living with him mm-hmm. went to live with Barbara. Okay. Barbara went on to have four more children Ken. Dang. Yeah. Popping them out. Catherine and her twin being the first two. Okay. <clears throat> Catherine's father worked in a local solder house and was basically a raging alcoholic.
0: Seems to be the theme for most murderers.
1: Mm-hmm. Ken was said to be abusive to Barbara and would actually rape her up to ten times a day. Dang. Yeah. Barbara didn't necessarily hide this from her children in fact she did quite the opposite and would tell her daughters the intimate details of their sex life and how much she despised men and sex Mm oh okay at one point once Catherine was older she actually came to her mother complaining about a boyfriend who wanted to do like some scandalous acts in the bedroom and her mother basically told her to just put up with it and stop complaining
0: That's the things we tell our daughters. Good job, mom. Not. Absolutely not. Catherine also said that
1: at some point in time, up until the age 11, that her two older brothers did rape her. Now, psychiatrists have, you know, sat down with Catherine while they couldn't confirm this. And we were a little weary about all the details. They did accept the claims because a few of the family members did confirm some of those acts.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Catherine was basically a loner and was pretty much a bully at school. She was much bigger than the rest of the children. She was yeah. a tall and big individual. And she would often terrorize her classmates and even sometimes her teachers. Oh. Mm-hmm. That being said, later on in life, after everything followed through, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. So that will make mm-hmm. sense to a lot of things that we continue to talk about yeah. with her. Um, and it definitely shows in her life and at some of her habits.
0: That is such a disorder that, like, I'm seeing more people coming out about. Mm-hmm. It's a very serious um mental health disorder that I feel gets made fun of a lot. And that's really
1: sad. It is, it's very sad. But at the time uh at the age of fifteen, Catherine still couldn't read or write. Oh no. And so she decided to drop out of school. And she started working at a clothing factory, basically just cutting up clothing. A year later, though, she followed into her father's footsteps, and also many of the rest of the family actually did this too as well, and started working at the slaughterhouse, cutting up organs and intestines for them. Oh. Now, she was quickly promoted to skinning the carcass of animals and removing the bones from the cuts, something that they called a boner. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I wanted to explain that before I just said she's a boner. <laughs> My immature thirteen-year-old mind just went straight to laughing at that. I had to. It's like laughing at the word fart, boner. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, behave. Okay.
1: Anyways, Catherine was evidently very talented with blades. And (laughs) (laughs) you're over here losing it.
0: (laughs) I was expecting you to say something else. (laughs) Okay. Serious face. I think you need to
1: put down your giggle juice. (laughs) I did. But she was very good with the blade working at the slaughterhouse and she took huge pride in it. Um, Definitely over the moon with her new profession. While working at the Slaughterhouse, Catherine met David Kellett. David saw Catherine. She stood out. She's a tall redhead, you know. Mm, Them redheads. Yep. Different from all the bunch. Uh, He kind of fell for her strong demeanor and more masculine interests, such as, like, you know, fighting, fishing, and hunting. Okay, so she's, like, The tomboy. Yeah, she was one of the guys.
0: But redhead, so you know she's a freak in the sheets.
1: We will get to that. (laughs) Catherine enjoyed her collection of animal parts from hunting and decorated her house in her prize trophies. Uh, She did like to cover from floor to ceiling in things that she had acquired from hunting. That's gross. (laughs) Don't go into my apartment. (laughs) That is different. I just...
0: Deer heads on walls freak me out.
1: I I understand (sighs) it. It freaks out a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But her and David had quite the sexual appetite.
0: I mean, she's a redhead.
1: Anywhere they could get it in, they would. And in 19... Go ahead. (laughs) 1974, Catherine proposed to David... In the break room at the slaughterhouse. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> she saw something she wanted. She took it. Yep.
1: They were married at the local courthouse, and following their shotgun wedding, they celebrated with the family and friends over at the local pub. Now Barbara made it a point her mother, to go up to David and give her, or give him, sorry, give him some friendly advice, but also a warning. And in David's own words, when asked what was said, he said, the old girl said to me, watch out. You better watch this one. She'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. So, mother dearest knew all too well of how Catherine was Mm
0: -hmm.
1: now David at the time had already you know been celebrating you know had his bachelor party and whatnot Mm -hmm. and had spent most of the day drinking of their wedding too as well especially holding the reception at a pub yeah by the time it was time for him and Catherine to have their own private celebration David was nonetheless exhausted he had actually passed out after a few rounds, but then was awoken to Catherine, straddling him and strangling him. Yeah. Oof. She was pissed off because they had only had sex three times. I mean, the girl has
0: standards.
1: <laughs> well, Barbara, you know, sharing all her intimate details with everything. Yeah had been told that, you know, her parents had done it at least five times that night. So she thought that there was something wrong with her. Why wouldn't her husband
0: more. want to do more for her? That and, you know, she was told to like just when those boys were being all like sexual towards her and she didn't like it to suck it up and deal with it. So it probably feels like he should suck it up and deal with it. Exactly.
1: But she kind of took it as an insult. Um, but that basically began the violence and Catherine very much so like Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah. So, and you see that a lot with borderline personality disorder. Yeah. One moment, everything was bliss. And the next bet Catherine just saw red and rage outweighed all of her emotions. Nothing mattered anymore. It was just rage. Catherine's erratic behavior and abuse towards David took a toll on their marriage. She at one point stabbed her husband with a broken bottle. However, Catherine always knew she could just say sorry, show a little affection, and a small gift or two, and everything would be like honky dory. A little narcissism. Yes. In 1976, Catherine gave birth to their first child. I don't want you to see this. So, Catherine went by Kathy. And her firstborn child name was Melissa Ann. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) A little too close. Um, Carry on. (laughs) Um, Catherine was always accusing David of abuse and of cheating. And according to him, he never did. He never laid a hand on her or whatnot. But he did admit to cheating on her once Catherine became pregnant.
0: Oh, that's Mm. like, no. I mean, not that you should ever cheat on anybody anyways, but like, well, they're pregnant? Mm -hmm. Come on, douche move.
1: But shortly after Melissa's birth, uh, David left. And he left her for another younger woman.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, he was basically just done with Catherine's shit. And this, of course, brought out Catherine's hide. Of course. She definitely struggled with the betrayal of her husband and sunk into a very, very deep depression that, instead of sulking, showed itself in rage. Which I can get. I've been in her shoes where my significant other has committed adultery. Um, But... I never ever acted out in acts of violence, which she definitely did, and um, she blamed Melissa a lot for David leaving, and that that was the reason. It wasn't her own faults. Yeah, it was baby Melissa's fault.
0: Oh, I just want to say, you know, this woman's name is Kathy, and her daughter's Melissa Ann. I fortunately did not live that life. (laughs) (laughs) Just the names are ironically similar. And I just want to say in all these stories so far, there are so many similarities I have connections into just with dates and time. Yeah. A lot of Melissa's. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. In case y'all don't know, Missy comes from Kathy.
0: Yes. And my name is Melissa Ann. Yeah. But I will definitely, I will definitely say the names hit home, but the storyline, not my life. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: So, one day she goes into town and is basically throwing the baby carriage around violently. Oh, no. And that being said, she had already showed a lot of signs of worry, such as carrying her blades around with her everywhere from the slaughterhouse and threatening to kill Melissa because David leaving her fault and talking about killing herself. She was, of course, townspeople mm-hmm. said something, and she was admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital and diagnosed with postnatal depression.
0: No. Yeah. No, that's not what she
1: has. No, I've it definitely was a misdiagnosis. Yeah, they messed up there. Uh, but she was released two weeks later. And you think at this time, you know, she's on stable medication, everything's good, she's going to move forward with her life, but she doesn't. She gets out of the hospital and immediately takes baby Melissa, lays her on the railroad tracks, and leaves her there, goes into town with an axe, threatening to kill others. Yeah, because they misdiagnosed her. Yeah, she obviously had more issues there. A homeless man, who I guess went by the name Old Ted, found Melissa while foraging near the tracks and rescued her moments just before an oncoming train.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Once again, Catherine was admitted to St. Elmo's and signed herself out the next day. Oh. And this was not the end of her terror. A few days later, she had a neighbor take her into town claiming that Melissa needed to see a doctor and she was sick. So, trying to get the neighbor to take her and everything, she ends up taking the neighbor and her family hostage and ends up slashing the neighbor's face. Catherine takes a second. After a moment, or not a moment, it was ended up being like a few hours, she calms down and decides that she needs to finish her plan. She needs to follow through. Oh, golly. Yeah. So, she demands that the neighbor take her to Queensland. The woman pulls over to a gas station, because they're almost out of gas, and instead of going to get the gas, she runs into the gas station seeking help. In the meantime, Catherine ends up taking a little boy as her next hostage. Now, it was said, I've, I've read a lot of, like, mixed things about who it was, but it sounded like it was actually the neighbor's brother, and the neighbor was actually one of Catherine's close friends. No. Yeah. Eventually, Catherine is disarmed with brooms by the police and admitted to a psychiatric hospital.
0: Brooms. Well. I know.
1: They don't carry any firearms or anything. So, I guess use what you have. Catherine had told the doctors at the hospital that her plan was to drive to Queensland and kill the mechanic who fixed David's car. Because he fixed the car, he was able to leave. Oh, good god. It's you see everybody's her way fault. Yeah, you see her way of thinking?
0: It's everybody's fault.
1: And that she, then she was also going to kill David's mother. After asking her for an explanation as to why David would do this to her. Okay. I don't quite understand why she wanted to kill the mother-in-law, but she was dead set and determined she was going to kill the mother-in-law. Hmm. So police informed David and his mother what happened. And you would think they would go out and seek a protective order, but no, they actually go to Catherine, and the mother-in-law signs Catherine out.
0: Maybe she thought, like, if I befriend her, she won't hurt me, and if I help her, she won't hurt me.
1: I guess, so. that's the only explanation I can think of. Yeah. But David actually ends his affair and tries to make his marriage work with Catherine again. Okay. So, upon being released to her mother-in-law and her husband returning, she goes back to work and starts living a normal life again. And okay. It, it seems like everything is okay, um, but she ends up, this time, mounting her blades above her bed in case she ever needs them. Oh. Yeah. That would have been a red flag to me. I would have left right after that one. Right? And one evening... David actually goes to the pub for like a darts competition after Catherine has encouraged him to go have some fun. But this set Catherine off because he ended up finishing in the competition and she thought he would be home sooner. Oh, okay. And so go we'll have fun, but not too much. Exactly. So, already pissed off, he's gone. She goes into his closet and sets fire to all his clothing and his shoes. Alrighty. David comes home, and she hits him over the head with a frying pan. Yep. Evidently, this really injured him, mm-hmm. but police were called, and somehow she convinced David not to follow through with the charges, and he ends up returning a week later from the hospital. And she drops a bombshell that she's pregnant again. And this time, he's like, "I can't step on my foot, fi- out of my family again. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it." So he sticks around, and she replaces everything that she destroyed. Oh, and good on her, all was forgiven. Well, she was—that's the way she was. Yeah, she'd fuck up, give a little gift, say You'd I'm say sorry. sorry, and move on. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of intimacy. In between all that. The, yeah. Because a lot of her exes definitely proclaim that she was the best in the bedroom. Oh. So, she I think... She's a redhead. She had, she had yep, practice, too. I think she had a lot of ties with that. On March 6, 1980, she gives birth to Natasha Marie. At this point, David was a truck driver, gone many nights. So, again, Catherine being insecure accuses him of cheating of course she actually woke him up one night again straddling him with a blade to his throat this time Mm. only to ask him if it was true that truck drivers had a woman in every town and to remind him how easily right now it would be to just cut his artery and him bleed out oh gosh yeah i mean she knows all the spots yeah she she was great with the blades David, trapped at this point, he stays with his wife, but here's the twist. She admits that she was unable to forgive him for his previous affair, and she leaves him. And she takes everything and moves back home in 1983.
0: Yeah, but she also displays a lot of narcissism. So, it's different for her to leave than for him to leave.
1: Yes. She has to be the one to step out first. Yes.
0: That's a control thing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, she goes back to her old job, and she actually ends up injuring herself at work. I believe she hurts her back or something. hmm And she goes on disability. Oh, no. Yep. 1986, Catherine starts dating David Saunders. She likes the things for Davids. Yeah, so David number two. We're going to refer to him as Saunders. Not long after they started dating, Saunders moves in with Catherine and her daughters, and his little dingo pup moves in with them. Aww. He was said to be, like, a very huge animal lover. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But there was a night where Saunders had a habit of staying out a little late, And he was drinking at the pub, and Catherine starts showing her true colors once more. Mm. She ends up losing her mother suddenly, also, and blames her father for the death. And she's basically unconsolable with her mother's loss and has to be sedated.
0: Hmm.
1: So, this kind of scares Saunders off. Mm Mm-hmm. And he moves back to his home with his pup. Catherine, annoyed and angry with Saunders, chases after him and accuses him of cheating and beats him. Like, fool, just let him have it. Mm-hmm. And clearly, that wasn't enough. So, to make a point with him, she grabs his little dingo pup
0: and kills him in front of Saunders. <gasps> oh, baby poppy. Yeah. Not and- cool, man. Not cool.
1: Evidently... It's not said a whole lot, but Catherine had an issue, too, with animals. She showed a lot of abuse towards animals, well, which we know is a, also a red flag.
0: Yeah, and her job was at a slaughterhouse, so, mm-hmm. like, animals mean nothing to her. Exactly. Yeah. She was a hunter. Animals literally mean nothing to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Saunders runs and seeks shelter out of neighbors, while Catherine actually runs off to a local hospital to tell them that she is pregnant, and Saunders just beat the shit out of her. And kicked her in the stomach. <laughs> she showed zero signs of any abuse and she was not pregnant. So the doctors just sent her on her way. Obviously not happy with the outcome of that. She goes to another doctor and tells them the same thing. But this time she had actually had cuts on her face and bruises on her arm to help sell the story. Oh, golly. Yep. And despite all of this, Saunders goes back to Catherine. And this time, Catherine does become pregnant. And she welcomes her third daughter, Sarah, into oh, the world gosh. of June 1988. So she's our age. Yeah. That's crazy to think that this was so recent.
0: Right. It wasn't that long ago. No.
1: This was only just a what, couple decades ago. Um, now, of course... Catherine goes on accusing him of cheating, everything else. He still stays out late drinking. And I guess there was a couple of times where they had still again violent fights. And she has stabbed him with scissors, hit him with a hot iron to the head. And Saunders just can't take anymore. And he ends up fleeing the relationship and goes into hiding. Because he was that scared of Catherine.
0: Oh, gosh. Yep.
1: On to the next victim. 1990, Catherine starts dating John Chillingworth. And almost not long after, becomes pregnant with her fourth child in 1991. She gives birth to her first son, Eric. Now, John was the only one of all of her previous Mm -hmm. relationships that was actually bigger than her. So he actually towered over her. And this is the only one, too, where Catherine did not show any acts of violence or try to beat him or anything like that.
0: Well, she was a bully in school because she was always the bigger person, mm-hmm. and now she's not the bigger person. Mm-hmm. Correct. But she does taunt
1: him often that Eric may or may not be his son. So there's no reports that she physically abused John, but mentally, she puts him through fucking yeah. hell. Again, accusing John of abuse and cheating. She calls it quits in 1993, cutting all ties with him and refusing to let him have any relationship with his son. Aww. But she's still demanding the financial support for the child because she has no job. She's still on disability. She's struggling to live at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: Um... Now there's a rumor that the reason why Catherine actually stepped out on this one, basically one, because she couldn't gain control, but two, because she had found a new man to prey upon. Uh, and his name was John Price, who is also known as Pricey. Well, yeah, you got John and John. Yeah. David and David. Yeah. So she we're gonna, likes patterns. Yeah, we're gonna call him Price. Pricey, whatever. Um Catherine had met Pricey at the local pub in Ardeen. Pricey was fond of alcohol, just like her exes, and had actually separated from his wife in
0: 1988.
1: Mm. Now, he was kind of known to be just a kind of very polite person, very generous, and overall, just a terrific bloke, if you will. That's cute. <laughs> but he was also known to be Still in love with his ex-wife, Colleen.
0: Oh, that's not going to sit well.
1: Yeah. Um, There was even recalls that Colleen, something was wrong, I guess, with the fridge or the stove or something. Some kind of kitchen appliance. Okay. And she had asked John or Pricey to help fix it. And instead of just helping her fix it with the funds and whatnot, because he made pretty good money, he just replaced it. Ooh. And they, like, she, they had kids together. Colleen? Co- yeah. Okay. Him and
0: Colleen. So he came with children in yes. this, this relationship with Catherine. Correct. Okay.
1: Um. Some lived with him, some lived with her. Mm-hmm. But anyways, there was another instance where Colleen went on a vacation and... Pricey actually dropped a hefty amount of money into her bank account to enjoy her vacation while they were separated. And essentially, he just wanted the best for Colleen no matter what. And he wanted her to be happy no matter what, even if it wasn't with him, even if it was with somebody else.
0: Yeah, so I'm assuming Colleen left him, even though he didn't want that to be the thing.
1: I don't know why she left. I didn't didn't really go into all that detail, Um, but he was very much so head over heels for Colin.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. So
1: still doting on her and taking care of her and basically hoping that she would return to their home that they had actually built together. He refused to let anything change in that house and kept it the same way
0: that she had had it the day she left. I could see that causing some problems in a relationship, no matter what. Like, if I got into a relationship with somebody and they were still head over heels with their ex. Like, actually, I had a client years ago who every massage she came in for mm-hmm. would talk about, like, how much she was in love with her ex. She even told her current boyfriend that if her ex ever said, let's get our family back together, she would leave him to go back. Ooh. Yes. Like, if I was in a relationship with somebody and they were that much in love with their ex, I wouldn't be able to stay because I would constantly feel like I'm in competition with that ex. Yeah,
1: I can, though, see it from another point of view where you're like, well, maybe they'll change. Maybe as it goes on, they'll get to know me and they'll love me more. But... Yeah. Things don't end uh-huh. up that way.
0: <laughs> Let's not go down that road with you, ma'am. Carry on. But Catherine coming
1: along and him being lovesick was a very welcome distraction. Remember, Catherine kind of stood out. She was the love-bombing, red-headed yeah. narcissist. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> um, now, he knew of her violent reputation, as did the whole town. And he basically just ignored it all and all his friends' warnings. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And just like her past relations, Catherine drew Pricey in with incredible sex and memorable dates. They all recalled Mm -hmm. bedroom time. Mm -hmm. Unlike any other woman he had met, Pricey had fallen for Catherine's charades, she moves into his home in 1995 and wants to start making the house feel like their home. hmm However, we know how Pricey felt about Colleen, and he didn't want her changing a goddamn thing. It was his house, and he wanted it kept the same way his wife had left it. And remember, he's still not divorced. They were just separated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he was still banking on Colleen still coming home. Yeah. And Catherine still hadn't given up her home yet due to the fact that if she did, because then she would depend on another man, she would lose all her child support. Right. So, and she was relying on that. Yeah. And Pricey was just kind of contempt with their arrangement. He was not looking for her to get rid of her home. um, And he wasn't looking to change his situation whatsoever. Yeah. However, Catherine wanted more this time around, and she was kind of ready just for a love that would last her lifetime. Mm -hmm. Trying to find ways to show her genuine love for Pricey, she bought him a card on their first anniversary where she wrote down her immense love for Pricey. And this was a huge deal because, remember, she couldn't read or write. Yeah. So her actually trying to make the notion... Was a huge deal.
0: Yeah. And
1: she kept trying to do that throughout their entire relationship. She actually tried to show a positive emotion this time. Aww. Catherine went on throughout their relationship becoming close with his children and doting on Pricey. And basically making his family her own.
0: hmm
1: And I believe for a while all his kids... Loved her. Mm hmm Um, her newfound family basically was all she had left. Remember, she had lost her mother, blamed her father. Yep. Didn't really have a whole lot of relationships with her older brothers. I know she still had a relationship with her younger brother, but that was about it. Mm hmm Um, and I think her sister, her twin sister was considered, like, one of her best friends, too, as well. Yeah. You don't hear a whole lot about... The family right now, considering it just happened, yeah, so closely. Um. But once again, Catherine's jackal could not control her hide, and rage started to steal the show. Oh. In 1997, they had a fight over Price's refusal to divorce his wife and marry her. And Price basically wanted her out, but Catherine refused to leave. And she would only leave for $10,000, which was quite a bit of money back in the day. Yeah, He made a lot of money, but that was still quite a bit of money. Yeah. Basically, he laughed in her face and told her that she would get nothing. And even if he did marry her, the house would go to his children and she would still be left with nothing. Price was just another man at this point that her mother had warned her about.
0: Hmm.
1: in retaliation Catherine decided to videotape items he had stolen from work and sent them to his boss oh fun yep Um, now it was just like outdated medical kits that he had taken home that they were going to trash anyways and a couple other like little things like that but I guess the medical kits are what was like The red flag and it actually got him fired from his job that he had held for 17 years oh no and again he made a decent living yeah and had kids to support and of course still was supporting colleen so this was devastating for him um that same day he kicked her out and she returned to her own home and news of what she had done spread throughout the town But he finds a new job and a few months later he restarts the relationship. With Catherine? Yeah. Yeah. Not Catherine, but he Price restarts the relationship. And basically since it's I guess on her control now, because he came back to her. Uh Uh-huh. Catherine made it very clear that this time it was serious and it was till death do them part. And she was like dead set on that yeah everything seemed to go well for a while as it could with Catherine. there were still obviously fights and everything but in 1999 when she actually stabbed price in the chest over again not divorcing his wife and not leaving the house to her
0: yeah, uh, you, know, you gotta just sometimes stab people in the chest when they don't do what you want. I, I guess, according yeah. to Catherine. <laughs> no, please don't stab people in the chest. Yeah, no, don't no, listen, don't guys. do that. You That's, don't do that. You don't do that.
1: Yeah. Once again, Catherine lies to authorities and keeps Price wrapped around her finger. Later on, she confides in her brother that she's going to kill Price and that she'll get away with it by
0: claiming insanity. I mean, at this point, people are going to be like, yeah, we should have known this was coming. probably should have kept you locked up at St. Almos for a while.
1: Yeah. Um, Obviously, they waited way too long. Way too long. Um, But this wasn't really a red flag to him. And when nothing new uh, to hear from his sister, she kind of made these statements often. He just figured it was her just blowing off steam like before. And there was nothing to worry about. But he couldn't have been even more wrong about the situation. Yeah. February 2000, Price and her got into another violent fight. And this time when police arrived, Catherine, like, played it down like it was all Price and that he's calm now. Nothing's going to happen. But the police issued protective orders against both of them. Yeah. And I think she was even told to leave the house and refused like she was told to go home because of the protective orders, but she would not. Um, The next day, Price makes a point to go meet with the cops seeking help. Mm -hmm. And they basically told him that there was nothing that they could do about it. And he continues going on to work that day and tells his co-workers that if he did not come to work the next day, it would be because Catherine had killed him. And to look after his children.
0: So he knew it was coming. Mm -hmm.
1: They basically pleaded with him not to go home. And he said he had to go home because he had to go take care of his children to make sure nothing happened
0: to them. Yeah.
1: Price arrived home to find that Catherine, even though she was not there, had sent the kids away for a sleepover at a friend's house. He then goes to his neighbor's house and kind of just hangs out with them and goes to bed eventually at 11 p.m. at his own house. Earlier that day, Catherine had bought a new black, black lingerie and had actually videotaped a crude will for all of her children. Catherine later arrives at Price's house while he is sleeping and she sits and watches TV for a few minutes and then goes to have a shower. She then wakes Price up, and they have sex, after which he falls asleep. At 6 a.m. the next morning, the neighbor, becoming concerned that Price's car was still in the driveway, because usually he's gone by then, um, and that he hasn't gone to work yet. And then his employer, alarmed that he hasn't showed up because it was unlike him, sends a co-worker over. Both the neighbor and the worker tried uh, knocking on Price's bedroom window to wake him up. But after noticing when they went to the door, there was blood on it. So they called the police. The police arrived at 8 a.m. They broke down the back door and police found his body with Catherine snoring and comatose from taking a large number of sleeping pills. Hmm. She had stabbed Price with a butcher's knife while he slept. According to the blood evidence, he awoke and tried to turn the light on before attempting to escape while Catherine chased him through the house, and he managed to open the front door, that's where the blood came from, and get outside, but either stumbled back or was dragged into the hallway where he finally died and bled out. Afterwards, Catherine went into Aberdeen and withdrew $1,000 from Price's bank account, and Price's autopsy revealed that he had been stabbed at least 37 times in both the front and back of his body, with many of the wounds extending into vital organs. Because again, she knew what she was doing. Yes. Um, whoop, more to go. Several hours after Price had died, Catherine skinned him and then hung the skin from a meat hook. She then decapitated him and cooked his parts of his body serving them up with other meat, with baked potatoes, pumpkin, zucchini, cabbage, squash, and a side of gravy. And she put it in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes besides each plate. Each of those notes having one of Price's children on it.
0: Oh, I forgot about that part.
1: She was planning to serve his children.
0: Yeah. His body parts. I forgot about that part. Yeah.
1: And then there was a third meal meal that the cops had actually found in the backyard. Um, they don't really know why it was in the backyard. Catherine claims this whole time she doesn't remember anything.
0: She's gonna claim insanity. Yeah. So yeah. she
1: admits to nothing. And still to this very day admits to nothing. She yeah. remembers absolute zip. Um But Price's head was found in a pot with vegetables on the stove, and the pot was still warm. It was estimated to be about 50 or 40 degrees Celsius, indicating that it had been cooking since earlier that morning. Sometime later, Catherine arranged the body with the left arm draped over an empty liter of soda with the legs crossed. This claimed in court to be an act of defilement, demonstrating Catherine's contempt for Price. So, she, she obviously, that just showed, like, she was aware. She knew what she was doing. Oh, yeah. And this just topped it off to say that she knew what she was doing. Catherine had left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of Price, and it was bloodstained and had small pieces of flesh actually still, like, on the note. Ew. And this is really hard to, like, understand what she's trying to say. Because, again, she couldn't read or write. Right. So the note read, time got you back, Jonathan, for rapping. She meant raping. Yeah. My doter meaning daughter. You too, Beck, which was Price's daughter, for Ross. For little John, his son. hmm Now play with little John's dick. John Price. None of it makes any fucking sense, um, but of course it was investigated and all the accusations were found not to be true. Okay. Now, of course, Catherine still refuses to accept responsibility for her actions. And at the sentence of the hearing, Catherine's lawyers request that Catherine be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts. For what? Because she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't remember any of it. She was in a different state. Because remember, she's insane. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was pleading insanity. Yeah. Yeah. But she was denied. And when Dr. Timothy Lyons took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, Catherine became hysterical and had to be sedated. So she knew how to put on a show. Yeah. On November 8th, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and Catherine's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sentenced her to life imprisonment, refused any chance of parole, and ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. And this was a big deal because this was the first time that a woman had been imposed in Australia history. Mm. In June 2006, Catherine appealed the life sentence claiming that a penit- penalty of life in jail without the possibility of parole was too severe for the killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're about to serve their dad to their kids' kids, and you're going to say life in prison was too much. You have a history of consistently abusing people. Mm-hmm. No, ma'am. Absolutely No, not. ma'am. But Catherine, to this
1: day, remains imprisoned in Silverwater Women's Correctional Center in New South Wales.
0: Where she will die. Yeah. Obviously, they don't have the death penalty there. No. Mm -mm, Not at all. I mean, I have, like, such mixed emotions. Excuse me. On death penalties, but, like... For a person, though, that deserves it, Uh, that's one of them. There are a few people, though, that I'm like, eh, I think maybe we should, like, consider it.
1: Especially when you have all the clear facts of the case and like it was her it's like not a question that it could have been somebody else Was
0: well, she also like admitted to her brother prior to doing that that she was gonna do it i mean i totally get i bet you that brother's probably sitting like fuck i should have said something that
1: and she always sought harm on all of her exes and it wasn't like it was a secret it was well known right so obviously nothing was gonna stop this woman right so unfortunately in my opinion that's when you get the death penalty
0: when you know nothing's gonna stop them. Yes,
1: absolutely. Like
0: Ted Bundy, constantly escaping jail. Like yeah. Every and time it, he and escaped, still, he went and killed. Like yeah, it's just habit. Every person she went to, it resulted in the same scenario, and like the fact that the whole town knew. Oh, her poor kids.
1: hmm
0: Her poor kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they still have to live with that. I don't know if any of them. I didn't do any research on that. If they're still staying in the area, or they left just because, right of what's happened. But just
0: totally like disassociating from that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, her really... youngest,
1: her youngest is younger than us. I know, which is crazy to think. Like they're in their prime of their life, but they have to deal with this.
0: Ah, uh, I wonder if any of them even claim her. They, I mean, they got different dads. Yes. Maybe they're with their dads and it's just like that didn't exist. Like,
1: I know there was like rumors about the most you hear about is Melissa. And I know there was like rumors about like Melissa was doing like some underage drinking.
0: Ooh. And I've never been. Yeah.
1: And Catherine, I guess, caught her at the pub that night and pissed off because she was supposedly underage drinking, smashes her head into the bar oh. and drags her out by her hair and continues to beat her at home. Oh, god. And again, this is a rumor, because Melissa said that never happened. Whether she's just taking up with her for her mother, because that is trauma from, you know, a narcissistic mother. Yeah. Or it didn't happen. But there's a lot of rumors that float around the case.
0: Yeah. I don't know. She definitely was a control freak. So, there was that. Which... All
1: narcissists
0: are. Yeah, they have to have the upper hand of the situation. And that is definitely she displayed a lot of narcissism. I know she's borderline personality disorder, which again is like it's a very serious illness to have, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately has become quite a mockery. Um, but there was a lot of levels of narcissism in what she had as well.
1: But I don't even know if had she gotten help for that if that would have prevented all this, I don't think it would have because with even just her upbringing,
0: yeah, it kind of just seemed
1: like something that was instilled in her.
0: Yeah. She was raised to be that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, her dad was the abuser. So I wonder if that was like, all right, dad was an abuser. Mom just let sex be a thing.
1: And she kind of idolized her dad, too, though. Yeah. And took after him and went to the slaughterhouse, which she thought was just, like, this amazing thing.
0: Yeah. So she kind of was like, I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm going to be like my dad. I'm going to have yeah. the upper hand in life. Yeah, exactly. So much so, honey, you landed yourself in jail. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. That's Catherine Knight, y'all. Yeah. From the down under. <laughs> People from Australia will probably hate you right They now. do. They do. <laughs> it's
1: okay. We love y'all guys. Yes.
0: <laughs> that is one of my, like, places on my bucket list of, to go to. Primarily I want to go to Steve Irwin Zoo. But. Because <laughs> I, I love Steve Irwin. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay, thanks for sharing. <laughs> I That one is uh, so current. Like, that just still blows my mind.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It
0: was not that long ago. 1999. Yeah.
1: 2000 was when the caring was committed, yeah.
0: Damn. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in on this. Make sure to like and follow and share and give us all your feedback. Yep. Tell your friends, tell your family,
1: tell your neighbors. Unless they're a Catherine Knight, don't talk to them.
0: No, please don't. <laughs> Stay away. Uh, find us on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, Toasted Shenanigans Podcast. And we can email us at Toasted Shenanigans Podcast at Gmail. And yeah. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.